Welcome to the Modern Contemplative Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori. I snuck out of, out of the house this morning early. Everyone was still in bed. I managed to get out without waking anyone up except the dog. Of course, the dog, whenever the dog sees me put on my hiking backpack, which just has a, a water bag and um, not much else, but the dog instantly is like up and whining and wanting to go with me because I also walk the dog with this same backpack and it's like conditioning, you know. The dog sees that and he's like, oh yeah, I want to go. And so <laughs> only the dog did I wake up and was interested in getting up early with me. So I don't know if you can hear, but it's raining. It's supposed to rain for a little bit. Uh, this morning, it's early. The, the woods are are semi lit. It's cloudy. The sun is only a little bit up, and it's raining, so it's a little gray. I love the pitter patter of the rain on the leaves. Of course, a few drops are filtering down to me, but I'm fairly dry under the canopy. It's just a nice, quiet, calm morning in the woods. I'm walking some of my favorite trails and bringing this podcast to you. So hopefully you can hear the rain. It's uh, just a calming and beautiful sound. It reminds me of renewal and refreshing, you know, cleansing the earth. And we... We need to be cleansed, personally, individually, culturally, globally. You know, sometimes it just feels like the grime and the the dirt of life has built up, and uh, things just don't look so good. It's like dirty snow, you know. Sometimes you just need a fresh blank slate and need things to be wiped clean, and I always feel like rain, you know. That's just what it reminds me of. It reminds me of renewal and refreshing and starting over. And ah, I love the smell of the woods as well. So I hope that you can hear it and I hope that it gives you that sense this morning. Just a sense of hopefulness. Even when things seem dark. Even when things seem really wrong and terrible. And nothing seems right in the world, in your life, in the world at large. I hope that you can just somehow today gain a sense that things can get better, things will get better. There is hope. There is reason to get up in the morning. Oh my gosh, it's really pouring down now. Um, this morning, uh, t- rather today's podcast, we'll be talking about the soul center of being. Um, we're going to try and... Uh, in the last podcast, I talked about our three centers of being, just as an introduction. I talked about the importance of being versus doing and knowing. Today, I want to get into one of those soul cent- or one of those being centers specifically, and that is the soul. So, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering about, am I going to get drenched here? Um, 
it's really coming down hard. I, I love it though. I'm glad that I get to be in this weather, um, be recording in this weather. It's kind of a, it's interesting. So, you know, culturally, uh, we have a lot of connotations about the soul. Like, and, and even beyond our culture, different cultures have viewed the soul differently. Like, I'm sure you've heard the term soulmate. That came from the Greek culture. There was this idea in the Greek culture that um, God took a soul, and this is interesting too, the soul was both male and female. It was unisex, I suppose you could say. And he split that soul and then put it into bodies. That soul was born as a half soul. Half male, half female. And so guess what? The Greeks called that idea of two soul halves in the world finding your soulmate. We've all, we all, and we use that phrase, like, I'm, I'm finding my, I'm looking for my soulmate. I want to find my soulmate. Well, that's, that's because the Greeks had this idea about the soul. It was your, of course, your immaterial self that existed before your physical self. And then the gods split that soul into male, female, and, and you got born. And then you are trying to get back to your fullest self, which is interesting, too, because, again... Here's this idea that we are not our full self and must somehow find our full self and find completion. Now, to them, that meant your soulmate. Um, now, in the Jewish concept of soul, it, the soul was kind of like Freud's um, id, super id, and ego. The soul was this uh, middle point between the body being center and the spirit being center. So the soul was the arbitrator. It was the go-between. It bridged the gap between these two different distinct parts of ourselves. Now Freud's talking about just um, consciousness. You're, you're, I'm not really a psychologist, so, but he was referring just more to the th our thought life or the conscious, our conscious life. But interestingly enough, the soul in the Jewish mind was, was your conscious self. So not only did the soul bridge the gap between your spirit and your body selves, but it also allowed things to register in your consciousness. So it is what we could call the conscious self or consciousness versus subconsciousness. What, what we are aware of in our mind and our body and everything versus the things that are below that are going on outside of what we're aware of in ourselves thought-wise. and You know, we, we have this idea even in modern psychology that we can put things below the surface out of the conscious. There is a place that exists beyond our consciousness. And that has to do with the soul our conscious self and the things that are beyond it. And so the three centers of being and knowing constitute this idea that there's this, these parts of us that kind of are connected to but also separated from our conscious self or the soul. So I called the soul 
in my introduction to the three bean centers. I called it the sound system of of our being. And so what I mean is just that it's the place that things register, our conscious self. But I think that's important because I also talked about our three knowing centers as body, mind, and heart. These are um, just where these are where things register. Obviously, the heart registers emotion, the mind registers thought, the body registers sensation. But those things actually show up in our consciousness, in our soul. So, I think that's a strange idea. I'm trying to make these distinctions, and it sounds maybe even just like I'm splitting hairs. Like, why does that even matter, right? The you know what we have thoughts. Why does it matter how they come to us and and where they register and that they don't come from the soul they come to the soul why does all that matter and so if you would have asked me that five years ago i would have said it doesn't it doesn't really matter you know how all this works doesn't matter but after my breakdown i began to see the value of distinguishing my soul from my thoughts emotions and physical sensations and understanding how all this works so, um, one of the things that I've really been doing in my journey of healing is cultivating my soul, distinguishing my soul, understanding how my soul works. And um, it's been very helpful for me in healing. It's given me this space, the space between myself and my thoughts, emotions and physical sensations in order to kind of step back and look at them. And so the first thing I can say about the soul is it does, it's, it's this thing in us that gives us space to kind of step back from ourselves and evaluate and look at ourselves. Contemplation, in essence, is kind of the same idea of being able to step back and look at yourself and say, what's going on with me? I mean, we do this every day. We just do it so subconsciously, or so reflexively, you know, um, so spontaneously that we often don't stop and kind of consider the process. But we do this, we're like, you know, we're going through our day and all of a sudden we might feel sad, we might feel angry, we might feel depressed, we might feel restless. And what do we do? Well, we ask the question, why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? You know, what's going on? Obviously, there are times when we know because it's a direct response, but there are times when we just we stop and we recognize we're feeling something, we're in a mood, we're in a place, and we don't remember how we got there or why. You know, we don't know why we're there. So we do this all the time. What we're doing is we're stepping back from ourselves. We're actually stepping into our soul, this place, this place of consciousness, but it's but also this space where we can step back and view ourselves and say, well, what's going on inside me? What's going on? Is it my heart? Is it something I ate? But the soul gives us that space. So interestingly enough, um, in the Jewish religious scriptures, this is a very common phenomenon, especially in the Psalms, but you see it other places where these writers are talking to their soul. So uh, David was a king. It was a Jewish king. He was the, kind of considered the greatest Jewish king. Um, 
he lived probably four to five thousand years ago. I'm that's a rough, really rough figure, but ancient king of Israel at the height of its power and glory. King David comes along, but in the Psalms, he writes a lot about the interior life, how he's feeling, what he's going through. But he uses this word soul. He's he says, he talks to his soul. He says, Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. He's always talking to his soul. He's talking to it like it's this thing other than himself in a way. But he uses the soul as introspection. What's going on with me? It's just his way of saying, why do I feel this way? And even in that, that uh, one part of the psalm I, I mentioned, he's actually saying um, to his soul, or he's actually recognizing that there's a difference between his thoughts and his soul between his feelings and his thinking. He's saying, well, I feel desperate, I feel despondent, but it doesn't, that doesn't make sense because I know God is with me. I know I have this hope, I have this promise, I, I know what is right, and yet I don't feel good, I don't feel right. So again, it's just this space where we are able to have space to look at ourselves. That's what the soul is for. But I think it's important because I realized at the time of my breakdown, I had not really developed my soul. And what I mean by that is when I felt things, when I thought things, when I experienced things physically, it like went straight to, it went straight to me. I didn't have this, I didn't have the space to look at it. I didn't have a space to stop and look at it. It just, I felt something and I acted on it. Or I felt something and I took it as real as true. Or I thought something and I took it as real and true. Sorry, there's a, a mower out this morning. Um, it's like coming down the path, charging right at me. All right, I'm going to pause for a second. <laughs> I've never had that experience before. It was uh, just a, a riding mower, a guy in a riding mower, just charging down the path. And I was like, I don't, it's, again, it's a little, it's half, half light, you know. So I don't know if he saw me and it's raining and I'm like, holy crap, is this guy going to like take me out this morning? I don't, you know, I want to make it back home. Anyway, um, after my breakdown, I began to recognize this reality that my thoughts, my emotions, my bodily sensations, I just kind of took them at face value. I didn't have the space to observe and ask questions like, is this even real? Like, is what I'm feeling the truth? I just took it all instantly as the truth. I didn't have the space to evaluate its rightness, its reality. So that's another aspect of this idea of the three knowing centers is they're telling us things about the world, right? And, and I'm going to get into the three knowing centers more in detail or in more detail later. But so it's just they're telling us things. They're reacting to the world, how we feel something. The feeling isn't the thing itself, but it's a reaction to something. It's a reaction to a stimulus. Right. But the question for this, the question and, and the purpose of the soul is to ask, is this true? Is this right? Why am I feeling this? Should I be feeling this? The soul gives us the space to step back from our emotions and our thoughts and our 
bodily sensations and ask, what is this? Uh, and I, I actually phrase it in these three questions. Where is this coming from? What does it mean? And what should I do about it? I developed these three questions during you know, my recovery as I began to distinguish my soul and the distinction between my soul and my knowing centers. I began to ask these questions. When I felt something, when I thought something, you know, when I felt something in my body, I said, what is it? Or I'm sorry, where is it coming from? What does it mean? And what should I do about it? So where is it coming from is just basic. Like, is it coming from my heart, my mind, or my body? And that may seem counterintuitive like or, or that may seem like just basic like of course I always know but let me tell you it's especially when we don't have a well-developed soul thoughts quickly filter into our emotions and into our bodies and, and you you experience this all the time you have a fearful thought and it and it begins to produce fear in your heart it can begin to produce fear in your body your hair can stand up you can get tense Emotions affect our thoughts, affect our body. They're all connected. Well, guess what? The soul allows us to disconnect them in a way, to a degree, so that we can kind of begin to recognize where something is coming from and evaluate it. And that's very important because I've begun to have these experiences where I feel something, I have the space to stop, look at it, understand where it's coming from, and, and keep it from going into my other two knowing centers. And that's been very helpful because if I'm feeling afraid and it's in my heart, if I can stop it in my heart, then I can keep it from filtering into my mind, running rampant in my thoughts or in my body and really stressing me out physically, like getting, making me tense. And that's been very helpful too. So I can stop and say, well, I'm feeling afraid. seems to be an emotion. Why do I feel emotionally afraid right now? So I'm asking the questions and I'm evaluating. And then I can determine actually whether I should feel afraid, right? So the space to evaluate what we're experiencing is the soul. And it's so helpful if we can stop and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling afraid. And guess what? It's really not real. It's not, it's not a real fear, right? I've evaluated it. I've looked at it. I've stared it in the face. And I've seen that it's, there's nothing to it. I've identified the source, perhaps, maybe not, but I've just, it gives us that space. And it's so healthy when we can do that because the biggest thing is it, it, it helps us not be so reactionary, right? Uh, I did this the other day. So, I mean, marriage is a great testing ground for all of this. Any, any kind of close relationship is a great place because you can get feedback, you can talk, and you can, um, ask you can talk to that person and so uh, with my wife um, she was asking me to, to she just wanted to talk to me about some projects in the house I got very defensive and I was like why why are you putting more stuff on me you know I'm so I feel like I've got so much on my plate already and you want to talk to me about more projects and you know it just it feels like you I, I don't know I just got very upset with her and so I, after that conversation, I had a moment to, to process and I was like, why, why am I feeling so defensive when she just wants to talk to me about some other stuff around the house that she would like to get done at some point? 
and I realized that um, I was feeling a little bit neglected by her. So I was able to come back to her and say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I was defensive. There really wasn't a reason for me to be defensive about this specific thing because you just wanted to talk to me. But here's why I was defensive because I think lately I've been feeling um, kind of ne neglected by you or we haven't been spending time, enough time together or as much time together. And so that was the real, the real root of my, my feelings they expressed themselves in this moment and they had nothing to do with the moment. But I was able to get some space, evaluate, and come back. And I was also able to talk to her about it. So that's just an example of how having this soul space and cultivating this soul space is helpful um, when it comes to just what's going on inside us. And it allows us to step back. Why do I feel angry? Why do I feel depressed? Evaluate it and understand where it's coming from. Because that's the other thing is the, the heart and the mind and the body feel different things for different reasons. Even the same things for different reasons. Fear in the body, fear in the mind, fear in the heart. So is it a heart issue? Am I sad because of a heart issue or am I sad because of a body issue? You know, it's pretty simple. We, we see this all the time. People, we call it bipolar, we call it... You know, there are chemical processes in the body um, which can produce the same feelings as emotional processes in the heart or thought processes in the mind. So identifying the source is very important. And we understand that psychologically or, or biologically, right? But it's true of the heart and the mind too. Like if I'm feeling sad and it's just a, a chemical reaction... Well, then go get, you know, go to the doctor and get it, try and get it straightened out. I don't need to spend five years in depression trying to figure out, the, trying to address the feeling when it's a chemical reaction. Vice, you know, vice versa, if it's a heart issue, I may spend five years trying to get on some drugs, but it doesn't really solve the issue. It keeps coming back. So, and that's the other thing we'll get into more is like if something continues to come back to you over and over, it's because it's not been fixed. If you, you know, you're, you recognize an issue, recognize a problem, you're trying to address it, but it keeps coming back over and over. And that's the, there's a new book out called The Body Keeps Score, I think. But, you know, our knowing centers, there's a memory to things. You know, there's a memory to woundedness. And wounds will continue to surface in different ways through these different centers as well until they're addressed. And we have to identify where they're coming from. The soul is that thing, is that, that space in us that allows us to do that. It's not just the conscious self. And that's important. It's not just what we're conscious of, but it's the space to be more aware of all these different parts of ourselves, mind, heart, body, soul, spirit, and how they work, how they work together, and how they work separately. And it's interesting that the more we're able to separate them, the more we're able to understand them and put them together in a healthy way where I may be feeling something in my mind, but it doesn't have to also then drag my heart and my body with me into it. And so, I um, hope that's helpful in just understanding more about yourself. Now, I've said this before. I'll continue to expand upon it, but this is not... 
uh, or rather, contemplation is not a self-help formula. It's not a self-help process. It is a God-directed process. And so I'm talking to you about these things, but it, it was only God that enabled me to step back and, and give, gave me the space to be able to understand these things and work through these things. And, and he, sh- he showed me, you know, he showed me how I was just reacting to everything and I was taking my emotions at face value. Oh, I feel depressed. Well, I must be depressed. So let's be depressed. And I would just jump into it. But God, God, I called that uh, the divine light within me, just illuminating what was going on and, and revealing. And so I just want you to understand also that there is a process, but it's not just you in this process. Like we need this outside perspective, which is a higher perspective, which sees the whole to be able to illuminate our parts and and help us understand the whole of what's going on inside us. <clears throat> so I, I just want to keep that in mind. You know, I I realized different people have different views of God. Um, some people are agnostic; they feel like God is just out there, gone. Some people are atheists. I understand that. Christian, Buddhist, you know, we all have different views of who God is, how God works, and whether God is even there. But <clears throat> I just want you to know, contemplation is the process of getting in tune with God in order to get more in tune with ourselves, in order to be more in tune with the world. And it takes God, it takes this outside source, this higher source that sees everything, that sees bigger than we see, and knows bigger than we know, and can illuminate. Now, <clears throat> you can view that source however you want. You can view it as an impersonal energy force. If that helps you, you can... You know, some people have a real problem with uh, the idea of God as a personal being and uh, the world being so evil and broken. And, you know, how could those two things coexist? It doesn't make sense to them. So if it helps you to think of God as an impersonal, you know, energy force, that's fine. I, I think the point is that we begin to engage with an energy bigger than ourselves. Where you start is where you start. You know, I know a lot of religious people get all bent out of shape about the right. You've got to have the right belief. You've got to have the right words. You've got to have the right name. And you've got to have the right truth. And But God is truth really kind of just invites us to begin where we are. To start with what we understand. To start with all of our baggage, all of our brokenness. God takes it all. You know, we don't have to get it right to get right with God, to start this process. It's starting the process that, that gets things going. And, and um, I just don't believe God is standing somewhere aloof, mad, pissed off, because we're not doing things right. And we better get on our knees, and we better grovel, and we better repent, and we better beg and plead and make ourselves right before God will even look our direction. I don't believe that. I don't believe in that kind of God. I believe in a God of love who is chasing us, who's pursuing us, who loves us so much. He can't stand to be apart from us and isn't apart from us. That is a God who doesn't care what you call him, doesn't care what you believe about him, who's here for you regardless, even if you think you hate him. So uh, I know that's not often the common picture of God in the 
Christian religion or, you know, in any religion sometimes, but I've come to know that kind of God personally and, and experience God's heart in my life and love, God's love for me and God's healing for me. So, <clears throat> you know, you can believe me or not, but I hope that encourages you. You don't have to get yourself right or do something to get God's attention. You don't have to wave your, hey, God, I'm here. Do you remember me? <laughs> God's like, yeah, I made you. I love you. And I'm with you. And I want you to be healthy. I want you to be good. I want you to be happy. I want you to be thriving. And I'm working my tail off to get you to that place. I'm not against you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not disappointed. I'm not ashamed. I love you. And I'm with you. <clears throat> so, this whole process takes God. Developing our soul. <clears throat> Gaining the space in, interior, in, internally, to begin to evaluate what we feel, think, experience, in order to look at it, see where it's coming from, understand it, and know how to react or act upon it. <clears throat> That's what the Soul Being Center is about. We'll talk more about how it connects our spirit and body and why that matters as well. The soul and, and also how it connects us to our knowing centers and puts all those things together. The soul is, is a very important um, aspect of our being because it is a bridge for many things. It is a container which collects many things. It's our conscious self. And it's, our, it's the space that we have to be able to step back and evaluate ourselves. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope I've not confused the, the heck out of you. Um, I understand this could be confusing. It's new ideas, but just hang with me. I'm working through this stuff. Work through it with me, and we'll continue to talk about it. At least, I think you can at least see the benefit of being able to step back and kind of evaluate your experiences and understand them better and get clarity and perspective in order to understand what to do about them. So, all right. Thanks for joining me. This has been the Modern Contemplative Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Randall Ori. Join me next time as we talk about the body center of being. All right. Thank you.